Welcome back. It's time to get the ball rolling. A sports podcast with Tyler Fessler. Hello, everybody. This is Tyler Fessler. We are back uh, with Get the Ball Rolling, a sports podcast. Uh, we have a great, great show today. We're going to do part two, Power Five uh, Conferences, Teams with Most Approved in 2019. Along with, uh, we're going to have Kevin Kirk, one of my good friends. Uh, He's on the cross-country team at Dixie State with me uh, down here in St. George, Utah. We're going to have him on the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about things that I've been thinking about uh, this this since uh, releasing the last episode. Uh, again, we might go into a little bit of the group, group of five just because uh, if you divide five into two, it's 2.5. And to do four different shows, we might bleed into a little bit into the group of five. But we're going to see how the show goes, see how much time we have uh see how long uh we have our interview with with kevin on and anyway so today was uh is a great day beautiful uh spring day i guess i don't think it's summer yet but beautiful day out there here in st george utah uh last night i had the opportunity i worked uh, a grave shift and i got home and it was pretty late uh i got home around one in the morning and uh from my other job and i was looking out and where i live it is extremely quiet uh they're very big about light pollution and stuff like that not not to be uh like not not like in a in a bad way they just really want to preserve the the natural um beauty of the of the nature that is all around us uh we there's a huge red mountain it's very quiet really a nice place out where i live and i stopped and i had to think just for a second and one of the things that i was thinking about i was thinking what could i talk about on my podcast what's something to open up with i want this to be a different podcast this is not going to be your average podcast where you know we just talk sports and stuff like that but i want to give uh, you guys insight into into my life as a as a college student and uh, my life as a married person college student and an athlete talking about college football uh, so it's a little bit different right I want to be a little bit different of a, a sports podcast and one of the things that I kept on thinking about and I think this really applies to what we're talking about here and the thing that I was thinking about is this and the quote I heard was the sins of the summer get paid for in the fall, right? I want to say that again. The sins of the summer get paid for in the fall. Now, we don't see the sins of of the summer until fall time. And what that means to me is that we are now into the summer, I mean, spring, right? Not officially, unofficially summer, right? Yeah, the the athletes are out of school. They're done with their semester. They might be going to summer semester, but they're going to be taking one or two classes, probably something pretty easy, pretty light as they work in the summer. And I think the summer is what sets apart the team to be national champions and playoff contenders. The summer is where you put in the reps. It's where it makes you better. It's where you can get uh, – where you have no no other worries. You're not really worrying about practice, right? There's a certain amount of practice hours that you can have a week as a team, and there's a certain amount of things that you can do. There's a lot of regulations and stuff like that. So th- it's really the athlete's time, and I can and I can vouch for this as a cross country runner. We do not practice during the summer uh, officially, right? But as you guys know, in order to be successful in running, you have to run a lot of miles. And so, the sin, like I said, the sins of the summer get paid for in the fall. 
they if I do not run, right? If I only put in 20, 30 miles a week, fall's going to come around and I'm going to be running two times a day, six in the morning, seven o'clock at night. I'm going to be putting in about 70 to 80 miles a week. And now if I go from 20 miles to 80 miles, my body's going to break down. That's just the fact of it. You, you cannot increase by 50 miles in one week and expect to be okay. Now you can do things to, to like ice and stretching and lifting and things like that to prevent it, but that amount of increase is, is going to be tough, right? It's all about working hard, right? Working hard and working smart. A lot of people say, you know, work smarter, not harder. I think you have to work both. You, when you're at this level, right? We're not, they're not, we're not professionals yet. Uh, these, these college athletes, college football athletes, they're not professionals yet. So they have to work hard and they also have to work smart, right? They want to be able to make it. We, and, and me too, we want to make it to the professional level. We want to get to that, that next level where we can, you know, see all the years of hard work pay off. And that's when you can start working smarter, in my opinion. But I think that's what sets it apart. And there's no way to, to, to measure this, right? Uh, most coaches, they, they don't have – like there's there's accountability, I think, from captains and from themselves. But there's no way of measuring this. And I think that's what sets it apart. I think if you if you look at it and you say, oh, well, this team had a disappointing season – you can you can blame it on injuries. You can blame it on you know maybe bad coaching, bad you know bad situational coaching and um, bad situations. You know if you're a, if you're an air raid offense and you're playing in the snow, maybe that's a bad situation. You're not able to do that. But I think it comes down to what is going on in the summer and how the coach runs the program in the summer. Uh, so anyway, I was thinking about that. It is something that that I think a lot of sports fans and sports journalists and sports media kind of gloss over uh, when we talk about it. We're like, oh man, in the fall, and we want to we we look for the immediate question, but instead, you know, maybe we 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 blame the athletes for not going in at six in the morning and getting lifting in. Maybe we blame the athletes for not staying late and running routes with their with their quarterback or doing extra snaps or going over film there's a lot of resources for for these for these kids and i think it comes down to hard work and the people that do put in the hard work they're the people that are going to be that benefit from it and i'm going to use this example and that is baker mayfield right he was a transfer yeah i mean everyone knows that he 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 walked on he was playing intramurals a couple years ago, he ends up going and playing in the national championship, right? He plays Georgia uh, in the semifinal before the championship. And that guy, in my opinion, is is all about hard work. I think he puts in the work, and you can see it not only – I mean everybody doubted it, and everybody was saying, oh, he's not going to go first. You know, he's not going to win the Heisman. He's not going to – like there were so many doubters about him. And he ended up proving everybody wrong, and he did it in a way that I think that that shows where sins in the summer get paid paid for in this fall. Well, if you work your butt off, there's nothing to pay for in the fall. You're going to see your recompense. Uh, so think about that as as you as you guys are going through making your predictions, uh, thinking about this upcoming college football season. What teams are working hard? Who has the work ethic? If you, if I think if you think about that, you're going to have a better understanding of of college football and what this year has to has in store up next we're going to be talking about uh the big 12 uh because they don't have 
a certain size of the conference, I will just choose two teams that I think that have the most approved. We will then dive into the ACC. And then we will probably we'll move into the independence. We'll have Kevin on the show talking about this next season. So stay tuned. Uh, Big 12 up next. So let's get going on the Big 12 conference. Now, this is one of uh, one of my favorite conferences. I, <clears throat> if I don't have necessarily have a ranking, but I always do like watching the Big 12. And it might be because uh, they are on Fox and I get Fox at my house. Or it might just be because the level of football and the level of offense, really, that is that is in the Big 12 is something that I like quite a bit. So, again, to to go along with part one, where I went over the f- three Power Five conferences, now we're going to be doing part two, Power Five conferences, independent, and maybe get into group of five, uh, the Mountain West Conference, or the American Athletic. Haven't decided yet, but here we go. Uh, Big 12, uh, team number one, with teams that have most approved in 2019, is going to be someone... Or a school in which I have followed for a while now. I think a lot of people were shocked at what happened, and that is the Baylor Bears. Uh, we know what happened, and we're not going to go. We're not going to get into what happened with with Art Bryles and stuff like that. And you know, you could argue that that they still had a lot to prove then, and what's going on now with the program. But well, we're going to start. Uh, three years ago, well, I guess two years ago, and well, three, yeah, when they hired Matt Rule, uh, he was at Temple, right? And at Temple, he was he was very successful. Uh, he he played well, and that's where he ended up landing this job. And I thought at the time, I was like, wow, that is a really gutsy thing to do when you have. When you're going into a situation that you know that Baylor was in, that that would be hard. And it's going to take a very special person to be able to get back to where they were beforehand with, you know, Bryce Petty, RG3, uh, back when they were really mixing it up. And I remember looking at the looking at the standings and they were per- projected. I mean, they went 1-11 in 2017. In 2018, I think most people were projecting them two wins uh, out of the season. Uh, They weren't supposed to do really anything. There wasn't a lot of hype around them. Uh, People had kind of forgot that they were really that good. And, I mean, they've they've been decent in the past. Uh, So I was kind of surprised. And when I was going through it, I'm uh, I want to tell you, I actually had projected them only getting three wins with wins against Abilene Christian, UTSA, and Kansas. Those were the only three that I saw. And they beat, they won those games. They ended up upsetting Kansas State. They ended up upsetting Oklahoma State. Uh, and they ended up upsetting Texas Tech, right? And so this, so I'm getting, I'm going through this year and I'm like, you know what? If there's a team to prove, uh, more than anything is Baylor, and I think I want to have Baylor on on the forecast for the next few years, uh, just because I know that that it is an it is an attractive 
place, right? They were winning. They were really good. I mean, they had multiple 10, 11 win seasons. They, in 2011, 10 wins. In 2013, 11 wins. In 2014, 11 wins. 2015, 10 wins. So I think that Baylor is a very unique team. And I think, you know, getting back to a bowl game last year, beating Vanderbilt, they went seven and six last year. They beat Vanderbilt. Getting back to that point, I think, is the start of everything. And kind of like Arizona State that I said in the last podcast, was it a fluke, right? They went 1-11 the year before. Everybody projected you low. You proved them wrong. And it, and it might be uh, something like that, like, uh, oh, everybody's against us. Let's go out and prove it. Well, now now you've, you, you got there. Now prove it. Now let's see it. Was it a fluke? Are you going to step up? And I want to go over the schedule with you guys. They play Stephen F. Austin uh, right out of the gate. They play UTSA. And then they play at Rice. Uh, I think those three games are very favorable to win. I think when when you look at the grand scheme of things and you're you're trying to decide. See, I always like to pr- predict where uh, teams might go and play in the in the bowl season, right? And starting off with this conference schedule, I or non-conference schedule, I think really works in their favor because uh i mean utsa they they are they are a newer program they did go to a bowl game uh, i believe in 2016 rice has struggled the past few years Stephen f austin uh they've been up and down in the fcs so um, I think that Baylor has an opportunity to to start off the season three and zero, a very very good uh, opportunity, and then they then they get into their conference play. Now you gotta watch. I think a lot of it is where they play and when they play. Right? I mean, you, you can't predict injuries, and I think that's a big thing with college football. You can't predict injuries, but. What, what is going to happen? So then they play home against Iowa State. We know that Iowa State uh, and Matt Campbell have – they've been proving everyone wrong. And I would almost say that they would be a team that I'd like to talk about. They're, they're past that. They are, they're good. I like Iowa State. That's going to be a tough game, but it's in Waco. Then they play at Kansas State. Then they play home against Texas Tech, which is a really interesting case. Uh, at Oklahoma State, which is in Stillwater, home against West Virginia, which is which is really big because West Virginia, um, we know that Morgantown is crazy, really one of the funnest one of the funnest places to to be on a football Saturday. Uh, and then they play at TCU, and this is what is really interesting is that they get ho- home against Oklahoma and home against Texas, and then they finish the season at Kansas. But if you're talking about, I mean, everybody's predicting, you know, OU has played out of their minds the last few years. Uh, was able to make it to the semifinals, was really close last year. Texas, everyone's talking about them. Everyone's saying, hey, they're back. Do we have the old Texas back with when, when Vince Young was there and stuff like that? But when you can get, you know, West Virginia, Oklahoma, and Texas at home, you are going to have something to prove. You could upset them. I'm not saying that I'm projecting that i'm saying that you can right we have that 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 game against west virginia it's on espn it's a lot of lights a lot of fun when you can play uh you know seven o'clock uh central time that would be eight o'clock eastern time prime time on espn that's a big game so when i when i overall when i look at it i think it's going to be really interesting this this baylor team uh matt rule obviously has done something he has that team 
on the right track. And if they can convince, if they can convince me this year, it's kind of like Iowa State last year. They can convince me that they can get back to a bowl game this next year, and they get those recruits coming back to Baylor. This team's going to be fun to watch. They can be making noise, right? We know that the Big Twelve. Uh, there's always a lot of rumors about the Big Twelve expansion and stuff like that. But this team could solidify itself. Uh, like like a lot of teams are trying to do. West Virginia is trying to do that. TCU is trying to do that. Uh, Oklahoma State is trying to do that. But if Baylor continues to play well, oh, and Iowa State, they can. But if Baylor continues to play well, they can solidify themselves as a favorite to be in the Big Twelve championship game. It's going to be something very interesting to watch. Remember, this is a team. Only a few years ago, we were talking about maybe playing for a national championship, right? They were the the team that uh, lost to West Virginia and... Well, they ended up losing in the bowl game that year, but it was a loss to West Virginia, and then the other one was... You know, there was a bunch of crazy stuff, and, and Ohio State ended up getting in. Only a few years away from that, ago from that, it was in 2014. It's 2019 now, so... Can they get back to that? Was it a fluke? Matt Rule's got this team going, so watch out. Baylor Bears, teams with most approved in 2019. Okay, up next in the Big 12. Uh, I am staying away from the from the top teams. I think it's really interesting that when I was going through this, that, that, that they didn't ring a bell like Texas, you know, which could have a lot to prove. Oklahoma, you know, trying to get back to the, to the college football playoff. West Virginia, TCU, those kinds of teams, especially with TCU, a tough season last year, only going 6-6. Six and six. <clears throat> But teams with most approved, sorry, excuse me, uh, teams with most approved in 2019, especially in the Big 12, Baylor caught my eye, and the next one that really caught my eye is Kansas, uh, Kansas University, right? I want to say this. They went out and they hired Les Miles. And we know Les Miles to be the Mad Hatter, the guy at LSU who would rival, you know, Saban. It was this great back-and-forth uh, rivalry they had for a little while. He ended up uh, stepping down, uh, no longer at LSU. And now he's at Kansas. And Kansas, I'm going to be honest, has a really – they have a tough football history, right? Right. In all of their history, they've only went to 12 bowl games, right? And they haven't been to a bowl game since 2008. And they went there for a while, 2008, 2007, 2005, 2003. So they were spotty through the 2000s. And then before that, the last game they went was in 95, and that was the Aloha Bowl. Uh, and they played UCLA. They ended up winning that year. And I've noticed as I go through this, when Kansas is good, like there's not, they're either really good or they're not, not very good at all. Um, in, two, in 1995, uh, they were ranked number 11 in the nation when they beat UCLA. And in 2007, they were number 8. 2008, they were up and down in the rankings, but did not have a ranking at the end of the season. So teams with most approve. And the first-year coaches, I always like to give them a break, right? Because they get they don't have their kids. They don't really know what's going on. But I think there are people out there that can change that. One of them was Lane Kiffin in, at FAU, right? First year comes in, like, obliterates, like, everything. Huge offense, lots of scoring. Everybody starts talking about FAU, right? And and even last year, going into last year, uh, there everyone was talking about FAU. You know, Florida Atlantic, are they the team to, to come out of the Conference USA? Those kinds of things. Well, now we're looking at Kansas. That I mean, last year they had 19 returning starters, which is a ton. And that only got... 
three wins, right? And so, obviously, there were, you know, you can, like I said, blame it on injuries, blame it on things. Uh, but, you know, going out hiring Les Miles, if he can turn this this around, is going to be really fun to watch because now we're going to have a lot of parity. I think the Pac-12 and the Big 12 has the most parity in all of the or out of the out of the five power five conferences right and if kansas can get back to where they were playing when todd reesing was playing i mean i remember watching them and i remember liking them and 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 tuning in and watching them this year they have a pretty interesting schedule uh especially for a first year guy uh they're non-conference indiana state coastal carolina uh, both home in Lawrence, and then they play at Boston College. And we know that Boston College had a very successful year last year. They they surprised me. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting. And then they're going to get into conference play. And they ended up uh, beating TCU last year that TCU like, – they've – they beat TC- yeah they beat TCU let me check the 27 to 26 so it was kind of an upset they beat them in Lawrence uh they also beat Rutgers and uh they beat Central Michigan they did lose to Nichols last year and Nichols is a FCS team which was probably pretty tough but you know for as as far as non conference goes you can get i mean if you can sneak and beat Boston College you're going 3 and 0 into conference play you got to be feeling pretty good uh, two and one though at that point would be decent as well. And now where you've only won, I mean, three games last year, right? That's three. One game the year before, that's four wins. Two years, uh, two wins in 2016. So that gives you six wins and zero in 2015. So that gives you six wins in the last basically four or five years. You're just playing. You're just out there. You're gonna, you're, you're not playing really. For anything, you're just trying to prove that that you belong in the Big Twelve, and that you know basketball is not what you want to be talked that wants to be talked about. Football needs to be talked about. Football needs to be relevant at the at Kansas University. Uh, so that's just what I think. I think they really have a ton to prove. Uh, the question that I have: Can the Mad Hatter turn it around? If there's anybody that can, I think it is him. I think he's a great football coach. I think he he can get the guys, and I think he can end up. I mean, recruiting-wise, he can steal the guys that are going to be going to bigger schools, like uh, in the SEC and the ACC, and even in the in the Big 12 itself. Kansas is a really unique place, really unique state in the country. So, teams with the most approved, 2019 Big 12 Part 2, Kansas University. Can the Mad Hatter turn it around? Moving on to the ACC Atlantic part of the conference, we're going to be talking again uh, what teams are going to be most out to prove and in this com- in this side of the conference it was a really weird year for them uh this past year uh, we're going to go through the schedules first clemson goes undefeated right uh I, I guess that's not very strange florida state misses a bowl game which uh first year coach willie taggart misses his, uh, a bowl game really weird season with deandre francois a lot of just i mean just different right Boston College goes seven and five. Uh, was a little bit of a letdown, in my opinion. I thought that they should have played a little bit better and had a little bit better of a record, but need, nonetheless, then Louisville goes two and ten after an eight and five season. Uh, NC State is nine and four. Uh, so, and then you have okay, they went nine and three in the regular season. 
And then uh, you have Wake Forest going six and six. And then the Syracuse Orangemen, uh, Orange, I guess they're not the Orangemen anymore, nine and three. So it was a weird, um, we haven't seen Syracuse around since 2013. And even in 2013, it wasn't that, I guess, not, not no bad, but it wasn't really that impressive going seven and six. Uh, 2012, 8 and 5, and then 2010, 8 and 5, and then before that was 2004. So, kind of a weird year on this side of the conference. So, when I was thinking about, okay, what what are we going to do in 2019? What are we working with? And I think it's 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 this simple. And I want to say it that I believe the team with the most approved is the NC State Wolfpack. I want to say this. Here will be the question. Blood in the water, question mark. Can they step up, question mark. Uh, this team, we know that Florida State, um, you would say they probably have a lot to prove in 2019, especially Coach Willie Taggart. I think he's an awesome guy. I've followed him since he was at Western Kentucky. Good, good coach. But I don't think it's their time yet. I don't think Florida State, they might get to a bowl game. Another time yet, you know Syracuse. You can say was it a fluke type thing, but I don't know. Was it? What did it help that some of the better teams they you know didn't have as good a year? But I want to say NC State, and here's why: NC State is a very impressive football team. They have been. I mean, they've been. If you want to call it how I see it, is Mister Consistency. If you want to, if you want to call it, if you want to label it that. We're going to go over their record. Eight and five since 14. Eight and five, seven and six, seven and six, nine and four. And then nine and four this last year. They've been fairly consistent and have progressively got better, right? And so I'm going to say that this team has a lot to prove. And I'm going to say it. You look at their schedule, okay? We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to pull it up here. They do play at West Virginia, which that will be a very big game, in my opinion, just because West Virginia really is a good football team. Uh, but they also have a first-year coach, so a little bit of you know troubled water there. You know, will he be able to get get things going? But so you have West Virginia, and that is in Morgantown, so that's going to be tough. But then they do go on the road at Florida State. But we're gonna we're gonna go off of last season. Syracuse, they're playing at home against Syracuse. They're playing at home against Clemson. They're playing at home against North Carolina. Playing at home against Louisville or Louisville. This is kind of a family joke. We say Louisville. But Anyway, um, so when I look at it, as I'm, as I'm going through this, who you got to play on the road? Okay, got West Virginia on the road, Florida State on the road, Boston College, Wake Forest, and Georgia Tech. Which, Georgia Tech, uh, first-year coach, uh, Florida State, second-year coach, but struggled very bad, badly last year. Uh, Boston College, which was kind of a letdown last year. Uh, will they be able to, to kind of right the, sh- right the ship there? We will see. Wake Forest went six and six. Uh, had a couple games where they they won that I didn't think they'd win, but you know they ended up winning. So can but can NC State? I mean, you look at it; they could be undefeated or a one last team going and playing in Raleigh, where they're from. NC State, Clemson, and that's their homecoming night. And it, can you imagine if they're that good they're 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 on top and they only have to take off one school right one team that's 48 minutes they just had to play their minds out for 48 minutes they're going they're, they could win the atlantic now 
I like Clemson. I think Clemson's consistent. I, I like Trevor Lawrence. I like Dabo Sweeney. I like that there's not a lot of coach turnover. That's what I like about Clemson. But if you're looking at it, same thing with Syracuse last year. They saw blood in the water. They attacked, right? Only had three losses last year. And those losses came to the hands of Clemson, Pittsburgh, and Notre Dame in the regular season, right? Notre Dame goes to the playoff. Clemson goes to the playoff. Tough loss against Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh on October 6th. So, other than that, you know, that they, they saw blood in the water, and they attacked, and they played out of their minds. Good job, Syracuse, last year. But can NC State replicate it this year? In my opinion, they can. So, let's say blood in the water, question mark, can they rise up? Florida State and Clemson has dominated this side of the conference, right? Uh, I mean... Even beforehand, before Syracuse was a part of the the ACC, they dominated. It's been the two dominant forces. But if NC State can pull up, they just have to play, you know, one or two games and not get upset. Win the games you're supposed to win. Upset maybe one game. Uh, I, I guarantee you they're probably uh, favored. I don't have the lines with me. But they're probably favored in nine to ten games. They win that and you upset two teams along the way. You could be talking about, we're talking about playoff implications. We're talking about ACC championship game. Going to be very, very important for this year. So team to watch. Put them up, write it down. NC State Wolfpack. Not only do they have a super cool mascot and a sweet name, they have a lot to prove in 2019 uh, for the ACC Atlantic side of the conference. All right, moving on to the ACC Coastal Division. Uh, this is also another interesting side of the conference. I feel like the ACC kind of had a rough year last year in terms of. Uh, top teams being down and not performing like one's anticipated. Well, one of those teams uh, from the Coastal Conference would be Virginia Tech, the Hokies of Virginia Tech. And I think that this year they have a lot to prove in the fact that uh, Justin Fuente has been there for two years. He's going into his third year now, right? First year breakout, ten and four last or two thousand seventeen, nine and four last year. A little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, they struggled mainly because I mean Josh Jackson. Uh, I believe he was hurt. If if I can't remember, no, if I remember correctly, right? But they end up going six and seven, a losing season. Uh, lose to Cincinnati in the Military Bowl. And overall, just, I'd say, a disappointing season after, especially when, when you when you win so many games the previous two years. Uh, but for teams that have a lot to prove this year would be the Hokies. And here's why. Josh Jackson's out of there. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I didn't really follow the drama and everything that that, that was. Uh, he's now at Maryland, which... Is probably a better fit for him uh, when somebody enters the, the transfer portal. They're obviously looking for a better situation. A lot of things can happen. Coaches, a lot of people think it's, it could be playing time and stuff like that, but sometimes these personalities just don't mesh, and that could have been him at Virginia Tech. However, this year lines up really nicely for a comeback season, right? But my question for them, and I don't have an answer for you guys right now uh, for Virginia Tech this year, is who's the QB? Uh, I I have spent 20, 30, 40 minutes looking around, right? Looking at all kinds of rumor websites, looking at how the spring game was played. I actually found uh, a little bit of the spring game on TV, and they had three different quarterbacks uh, go in and get reps. 
a lot of people are saying that Ryan Willis that started 10 games last year is the guy to to take over but Justin Fuente hasn't officially announced him they said that he is holding off Hendon Hooker who is also uh, spent a little brief stint in the transfer portal He's here at Virginia Tech now. And then uh, finally, the freshman, I believe, Quincy Patterson. So there's three guys all attacking one position. And we know that in these big in these big teams like, you know, Trevor Lawrence last year, that they'll give him a they'll give him a break, you know, like Jalen Hurts to a to a Tagi Bailoa. They'll they'll usually go with the the one that they feel like is the best, right? Ryan Willis played great last year. I mean, 10, 10 games after having to step up. Uh, however, who's the quarterback? And I think that's a big situation going forward. You can't just, you can't try to win games when you don't have, like, the colonel, the general, the, the, the commander, whatever you want to insert a military term or a leader term. You got to have a leader on the, on the field that's willing to, to pick, that's able to, uh, pick apart defenses and do those kinds of things. Uh, for example, uh, we know that Peyton Manning, you hear him, you know, Omaha, Omaha, when he yelled, he knew exactly what he was doing. You hear Brady going up, you know, directing traffic. You even see these these kids now, like Trevor Lawrence, like Kyler Murray did last year, like Tua Tagovailoa. They, they read the defense. they got to make the decision that just because the play is called, you got a high football IQ. So that's a really big question. But looking forward to this Virginia Tech uh, schedule. Again, it lines up really nicely, and I think it's because they are on this side of the conference as well, just because I believe that uh, this side the the coastal well the ACC as a whole sorry ACC has been a little bit down so they start off against Boston College now now that's a catch-22 uh you start off with a conference game luckily I'm not, not on the Atlantic side so it's a little bit different it will overall hurt your odds to get into the title game you know you're going to have to beat out the coastal characters or the coastal teams but uh they start off with Boston College you don't really know what they got, and they don't really know what you got. So, again, catch-22. It's a good, bad situation. You're happy. You're like, okay, well, if we can come out, we can surprise some people. Uh, or you could completely, you know, maybe they'll come out and surprise you. It's tough. Uh, then they play Old Dominion, Furman, and then home against Duke. Uh, Duke is going to, uh, in my opinion, is going to struggle a little bit after losing quarterback uh, Daniel Jones to the draft, as we know, the New York Giants. Uh, I think they'll probably struggle. Uh, at least this season. So I think Virginia Tech has a has a chance to step up. Then you have at Miami. Now we know that Miami is going through. I mean, Manny Diaz is the guy at the helm. He's been there. You know, he was going to leave, comes back. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting, a fun little thing to watch. But you know, out of this, usually out of this side of the conference, you're going to get Miami and Virginia Tech. Uh, then you go Rhode Island. So you have two FCS teams, which. I'm not a huge fan of because not not like they're automatic wins because I think uh, on any given Saturday any team can be anybody. You know, it does not matter. Some people overlook them. Some people aren't prepared for what they're going to throw at them. Uh, it's kind of a letdown that they play Furman and Rhode Island. But you know what are you going to do? Uh, that you, you can always get upset, but also kind of a uh, especially at home. In Blacksburg. Then they play North Carolina, which we know Mac Brown's there. Uh, has Mac Brown lost his touch? You know, being out of coaching, uh, you know, Texas in the state that it was when he left. With I believe Charlie Strong was the one that came in. So, kind of a weird, fuzzy situation there with him. Uh, then they play Notre Dame, which we know Notre Dame was a pretty uh, tight team last year, top four in the nation, really good. Uh, they had to go to South Bend, so that'll be tough. Uh, Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Pitt, and then Virginia. So I think that. Each and every one of these teams has an opportunity to 
to uh, to step up, but you got to have somebody on each side of the conference step up. Clemson obviously has been dominant the last few years, and I think that they can well, they'll continue to be dominant. However, Virginia Tech could rival them in that. And again, blood's in the water. There's not the commander. You can't for sure say this is the clear cut favorite. I mean, in the Atlantic, yes, but in the Coastal, you cannot. You don't know who's going to step up. I think Virginia Tech, if they get their quarterback situation res- uh, resolved, I think Justin Fuentes a great. Uh, Great mind. He was at Memphis before. He, you know, he he did really well at Memphis. Steps in, uh, had one rough year. Let's look for the rebounds. All his kids, all of the guys he's recruited. It's his fourth year. Let's see how high these guys can fly. So out of the ACC Coastal uh, for in 2019, teams with most approved Virginia Tech Hokies. The question was, who is the quarterback or quarterback situation problem? Question mark. Big question marks there. Uh, Anyway, so we're going to be taking a break. Uh, next up, ad break. Uh, we will be going into, let me check to make sure, check my facts. Yes, we'll be going into the independent conference. We're going to have Kevin Kirk come on the show. And then we will, again, I don't know 100%, but we might be moving into it looks like, oh, we're going to be talking about the American Athletic Conference. I thought it was Mountain West, but I wrote down uh, the American, right? Is that the, that's how you say it, right? Yeah, American Athletic Conference. So stay tuned. Uh, after this ad break, we talk about Independence, American Athletic Conference. Uh, stay tuned. Back after that sponsored segment. So I have decided that uh, as I was looking through uh, creating what we're going to be doing uh, throughout this podcast series, we're actually going to start with the Independence Day. We'll have uh, Kevin Kirk come on to finish us off. So uh, the last team for this podcast, I know they're not Power 5, but we do have to talk about our Independence every once in a while. And I think... The independent, uh, the system that they use is really unique because they don't have a conference. There's no conference affiliation, and teams like a team like Notre Dame can get in, even though you know not winning a conference because they're not in a conference. So it's really interesting. Uh, as I was going through again, I I always go through, think about it, look at schedules, look at upcoming stuff, look at I try to look at the plus minus, look, those kinds of things. And one of those teams that sparked my interest out of the independent conference or independent teams is liberty now liberty uh, this last year went F- fbs they were once f fcs uh they went 184 and 152 in fcs play they were in the big south conference in 2002 and they have only had let me make sure let me fact check this i think they only had like one losing season yeah, okay, so 21 winning seasons in a row. They've only had one uh, losing season in that time. Uh, they, well, since 2005, only one losing season. Uh, so, and they had a losing season this last year. But it was not for the lack of effort. They ended up winning, let's check this, one, two, three, four, five, five times. And they actually surprised some people. Uh, they surprised for, I mean, I didn't really know about this team. It was really hard to predict. But they ended up beating Troy, uh, New Mexico State. They actually played them twice, lost 1-1-1. Uh, they were close in the UMass game by three. They beat Old Dome or Old Dominion. And they also beat Idaho, Idaho State uh, in Pocatello. So it was really interesting to see that this team... Uh, evolved because they were so good and I really 
have a lot of respect for the teams that come up from the FBS or FCS into the FBS because it shows that they're trying to move their program. They want to get national recognition. Not saying that the FCS you don't get national recognition is actually a really cool uh, thing that they have. The the playoff system is is amazing. I talked to a lot of FCS coaches, and I absolutely love it. Everything that is done uh, in the FCS series. But moving up to the FBS, uh, obviously they want to play uh, in the 130, 135, I don't know what we're up to now, those teams and prove to them that they can get to a bowl game and hopefully be recognized, top 25. I mean, that would be overall uh, an accomplishment. And one of those teams, the team that comes to my mind right off the bat is Western Kentucky. They once played in the FCS. Uh, They ended up uh, becoming a top 25 team a few years ago. So they definitely can do it. The question I have is, are they going to have another losing season? And because I don't know, I know very little about this team. I had heard about them. The only time I had heard about them is in their basketball program. And so in the NCAA tournament a few years ago, and I follow that a little bit. But so it's a little bit harder to talk about these guys. However, I've been able to study a little bit up on them. Uh, They play a lot of interesting teams this next year, and I think they can make some noise. I want to tell you the team. So they play Syracuse. uh, They play Louisiana. Uh, the Raging Cajuns, very interesting game on the road. Can they win? I mean, it's against a Sunbelt opponent. Louisiana has, has been pretty good in the last uh, few years, so can they win? Buffalo, another interesting. Then they play Hampton, and the teams like, you know, Liberty, and when they move up, it's interesting to see because when they play FCS teams, but if they play a really good FCS team, it's going to be a good game. And just because they're FBS does not mean they automatically win. So Hampton will be interesting. They play New, the New Mexico schools, one home, one away, New Mexico, New Mexico State. Uh, then they play home against Maine, which is also a very interesting game. Maine had, I mean, was picked uh, one of the bottom teams in the CAA, ended up winning the CAA, ended up beating Weber State in Ogden uh, and advancing to the semifinals in the FCS uh, series, uh, playoff series. Uh, and then they play Rutgers, and we know that Rutgers has struggled the last few years uh, in winning seasons and stuff like that. And then they play UMass, uh, also an independent, has struggled since joining the FPS. Play at BYU. Uh, I'm close to Provo. Uh, I've, I know BYU and everything, and they did have a breakout season uh last year i mean i wasn't really expecting much but they did they did play well last year so it'll be interesting to see if liberty can go into provo and win also you have virginia and then following up with new mexico state and and it's interesting when you play a team twice i think this is only for the first two years so you're only getting two 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 times they're only playing them twice right both both years so four times it's really an interesting little thing at New Mexico, home against New Mexico. Uh, you can split it like they did last year. One team can can get up, but it actually improves. And I mean, if New Mexico wins twice, then it improves their ability to go because now they only have to win four other games to, to you know hopefully get a bull mid. But then Liberty, if Liberty wins twice, they only have to win four other games. And you're looking at it, you're like, okay, well, you have a lot of teams that you could potentially win very interesting team always fun to watch those teams that are just coming out just uh starting up their fbs football run so stay tuned look at that liberty i don't know if you uh will hear their name very much uh on like espn and stuff like that just do because they're not playing super big opponents but they will be playing like i said they have syracuse they have 
uh, Rutgers, BYU, Virginia out of the Power 5 Conference. So uh, watch for them this year. Uh, can they turn it around? Only one losing season. Well, two losing seasons since 2005. That's impressive. Nonetheless, uh, stay tuned. Watch them. Look for them. Teams with most improved in 2019. All right, as promised, get the ball rolling, family and podcast. We have my my boy Kevin Kirk on the show today. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, Kevin is on the Dixie State cross country team with me. He's also uh, a baller. He played high school basketball in Earrington, uh, Nevada. He did pretty much just about everything there. He ran state in the the mile, the eight hundred. He kicked some trash out there. So all you Nevada people, this is Kevin Kirk. He's on here. So, uh, Kevin, uh, we were talking about earlier, early on the podcast, I was talking about um, a, a quote that I heard. And the quote that I heard was the sins of the summer get paid for in the fall. Right. And so I, I kind of gave I kind of gave my uh, my interpretation of that. Uh, you're a cross country runner, so I want to let you give your interpretation of that, and then let's see if you let. I mean, talk about it. Talk about cross country. Then let's talk a little bit about football. So, what do you feel like that means? Uh, well, I just feel like the off season uh, is kind of a weird time of the year, like especially the summer season, because it's kind of the time that people just want to hang out and chill or whatever. And so, with cross country coming back to school. Uh, like you want to have kind of a good base of like mileage, and um, like if you don't have a really good base, then trying to jump up to what coach has for us, like is pretty hard, and like the likeliness of you getting injured is really high. So like I I kind of can imagine the same with football, um, having it so like uh, if you're not doing like your workouts or you're not doing the drills and stuff that your coaches give you because you can't can't practice with the team because it's all like involuntary or it's all voluntary. Um, but like when you start doing your contact drills and stuff, like practice wise, uh, the there's the likeliness of you getting injured. Like that goes up. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a that's a pretty fitting. Uh... A fitting a fitting quote because I mean uh, at least on our cross country team coach will usually in the first couple weeks we're we're running up a, a hill down here in St George called Webb Hill and it's about a mile and it's straight up I mean it's just grinding to the top and if you're not if you're not ready you're going to be paying for that the your sins of not working and grinding in the summer are going to be paid off and like you said I think it goes along with football too I mean. Football obviously has a lot of skill involved and stuff like that, but if you're not trying to get better every single day and you're not, you know, putting on the pads, going to work, getting in the weight room, doing abs, getting your lifts in, just those kinds of things, I don't think you're going to succeed. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, for yeah, I think I, I just really liked that. I really liked that uh, that quote. That's kind of what I opened up this podcast with. So we've been talking. We're finishing up the Power Five. Uh, teams with most approved in 2019. And I had to ask you, uh, I've given you a little bit of leeway. Who are your teams? I mean, we've talked about last episode. We talked about SEC, Big Ten. Uh, this episode, we talked about a few more. Who are your teams that you feel like have the most approved in 2019? Um, well, I didn't listen to your last one, but um, so I don't know if you guys talked about this or not, but I think a big one is Oregon. Um, the Ducks, uh, I just feel like 
they they have all this pressure to be super super good and they haven't made the national championship in like five years so like i think that they have probably the most to prove like trying to get back to their like former glory i guess you want if you can if you want to say that like mm-hmm. get back to where they can they can have like that title of being a national champion because they haven't they haven't really done much in the past five years that I've seen. So, okay, yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's pretty that's interesting. I didn't I actually didn't talk about Oregon on uh, the last episode when we went over the Pac-12. I talked about their rival Oregon State, but I think uh, Oregon is one of those teams as well. I mean, Justin Herbert uh, declines to go to the NFL draft, comes back uh, to play one more year. Uh, they have. I mean, they have everything going for them, and like, I mean, you would think them being Oregon and just kind of the the ambiance of Oregon that they'll that they'll be back and they'll be ready to win, especially like with expectations. I think a lot of people are talking about them this off season, and I think that they have a lot to prove to themselves, just because, like you said, they haven't been they haven't been really relevant in the national conversation the last few years. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, I I agree with you. I think they do have a lot to prove. Uh, did you have anyone else that that you had on the that you had thought um, about? I think I think when we talked, I said Clemson, um, just because like they were national champions. Uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, um, but like just having like coming back and trying to um, like regain their title. That's like a big. That's like another big thing that they need to prove. Like like. If you win, some people, all the haters out there, they're going to be like, oh, that was luck. Like, you got lucky winning. So if you can win it back-to-back, that just shows that, like, you're up there and that, like, the people should respect you, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think Clemson, I mean, they, they did win it last year. And so, like, to come back and defend, I mean, we always talk, you you know basketball, and you know that uh, when we talk about the Warriors, right, uh, everybody is, gives them crap, you know, oh, KD went to the Warriors, they won one. Last year, they won another one, they swept it, and everyone was giving them crap. But this year, it feels like they're not they're not talking as much about it because they've always, they've already done that back-to-back thing. Now it's like, okay, well, let's yeah, see. Yeah. Let's see if they can get, you know, one more. Will they beat the Raptors? That kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, I, I agree with you. Clemson definitely has has a lot to prove in 2019 to defend their title. I feel it. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Kev, for, for coming on the coming on the podcast. We'll uh, I'll make sure that you're all over uh, social media on the on the fan page and stuff like that. So uh, stay right. tuned. Uh, uh let's see get the ball rolling family uh this is kevin kirk we're gonna be having him on quite a bit he's pretty big expert so thanks for coming on have a good day man okay folks that is it uh that is part two to the power five uh and independent i guess teams with most approved in 2019 it was a fun show i hope you guys enjoyed it uh when i post it on social media be free to comment let me know who your teams are. Uh, we can do a poll to see uh, if Tyler was right, if Tyler was wrong, what I'm trying to do. I don't always know what I'm talking about, but uh, it is fine if you call my crap on it. But uh, all these teams, I think uh, I've studied thoroughly, and I think that these teams do have the most approved. It was fun to have Kevin on the on the show. He's a great guy. Uh, shout out to him, and we'll be watching him. I'll be updating you guys throughout the fall, uh, not only on football, but also on cross country, because that is uh, the second best sport uh, 
out there because cross country is is awesome and i feel like i'm a little biased towards that but anyway thanks for tuning in uh go like our facebook page our instagram page at get the ball rolling 32 on facebook and at get the ball rolling 19 on instagram until next time stay classy everybody